0: Beating Cancer Daily Together. Did you ever have a friend who was just so knowledgeable that when you had a question, you knew that person was so reliable to ask and your curiosity would be satiated? I have a friend who is also a professional certified nutrition specialist, a whole health educator, a registered nurse, a certified health coach, and I bet if you've heard Beating Cancer Daily before, you know that I'm talking about the incredible Jackie Bryan, and today I have a question that I'm just burning to get the answer to, and I know Jackie's the right person to ask. So welcome, Jackie.
1: Thank you, Saren. I am so excited to be here. I'm I love being with you. These are so much fun.
0: Thank you, babe. I am so excited for you to talk to me about labeling. Like, how do I look at a label in a store and know the things that are in that box or in that can are good for me, especially if I'm going through cancer treatment.
1: It's such a good question and I think one of the things we should even start off by saying is one of the healthiest things that we can do for ourselves is read labels. And we are all right now thinking about nutrition labels. We should be reading our nutrition labels, but I'm talking about even labels on personal care products. All of these make a difference because what you put in your body and on your body really matter.
0: Wow, I never ever thought about that. Like, I was just focused on I, the things that are in labels now. It's dizzying. Like, I can't even pronounce half the things. And I didn't even think about looking at the lotion that I'm wearing or the shampoo to see what's in that. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah, I mean, labels matter. It's the only information we have as the end consumer to understand what we're putting in and on our body. I think you and I have done a pretty good job in the past podcasts of talking about things that we need to look at on a label when it pertains to a specific ingredient. So how, do, how much sugar should I have? What about sodium? And these are really important. But today we're gonna to be talking about the whole label, like how do we figure out how to read a whole nutrition label to determine if this is gonna be the best fit for my body. So I have an exercise for you today. And my exercise is I need you to go into your pantry and I need you to grab a box of something or a jar of something. I don't really care what it is, but it needs to have a nutrition label on it. And okay, so wait, Jackie,
0: label- <laughs> I have a new title for this segment, Label Detective 101.
1: <laughs> I, part of the reason we're doing this is because this truly is the quickest way for you to know if your food is healthy. If you can read a label, this is your magic formula for figuring out, is this food going to be a good fit for my body and my unique situation, right? Because we're all snowflakes, we're all different, and we need to understand if a food's going to be a good fit for us. So I hope while we were talking that... That you got up and you ran to your pantry and you got something, some label that you could actually look at because that's (laughs) going to be, that's going to be our roadmap for today.
0: Jackie, next time Mark looks at me and he's like, you're weird. I'm going to go. No, I'm not. Jackie told me I was a snowflake.
1: That was when I was diagnosed with when I was diagnosed with breast cancer 20 years ago and they gave me my statistics for survival they weren't great and my I was just terrified as so many people going through cancer treatment are and my husband looked at me and he goes you're a snowflake and I at first I was slightly offended <laughs> because I wasn't really sure. What is he calling me? But he said, honey, no two snowflakes are alike. You are not those statistics. And it's interesting because I use this all the time in my practice when I talk to people about we are all unique and our needs are different. And that's what we really need to focus on here is we are all different and our needs are unique. And we need to find the best formula that works for me or for you, right? You have to be that label detective. So this is going to be a fun topic today. Just remember back, very
0: similarly, and this might be why we're friends, when they told me that I had a 99% chance of surviving stage four cancer and that I should get my affairs in order, my response was not somebody has to be the snowflake because I didn't know you at the time, Uh (laughs) but it was somebody has to be the 1%. And thank God, after two and a half decades, I'm still that 1% that beat those 99% odds. But I didn't have the information that you teach us every week on your mini-series within the overall series of Beating Cancer Daily. And I want to just urge people, if you haven't heard every one of Jackie Bryan's episodes on Beating Cancer Daily... She traditionally is our Friday feature. They are longer form than the other six days, but they are so packed with valuable information. And I've said this so many times, Jackie, I wish you had been by my side when I was fighting for my life, but I feel like now that we can give this information that you've gathered through your incredible practice of helping people, not only through cancer, but through all different challenges in the health and mental health world that I'm just so honored that you do this, so let's embark on our label detective episode.
1: All right, okay, so I know. That you have your label in front of you, right? Because this is what I asked us to do, right? We want to make sure that we've got a label in front of us so that what I'm saying will make sense. And so turn the label so it's actually facing you, so that you can look at it on the side of the box or whatever ingredient you you chose. And I'm going to go through just kind of the one, two, three steps of things that we want to check and why it's important and what would be the right formula for consuming this particular food. So the First thing to start out with is to check the serving size and the number of servings in a package. We, as a society, have portion distortion. <laughs> when we go out to a restaurant, they are giving us supersize portions, and we have lost perspective as to what a normal size portion is. So, when the manufacturers are putting these foods together, they're trying to find the best portion size for this particular food product. So the serving size is important to note because it really influences the amount of calories and the nutrients that are listed on the nutrition facts label, that label that you're looking at. It is okay for you to consume more than one serving of a certain item. You think about when back when I used to eat fig newtons they said oh the serving size for fig newtons is two fig newtons and I used to, and I was in college I used to be like I never could eat just two fig newtons it was like a sleeve of fig newtons Jackie, <laughs> so, how
0: about mac and cheese like I don't right. eat it anymore but right. we've all done it just you've got to admit you've done it yep. mac and cheese craft mac and cheese okay it's such a guilty pleasure. It part of childhood, part of my daughter's childhood. Do you know that they consider that little puny box four servings?
1: Yes. I yeah. could easily
0: eat that box. I don't I do know. it anymore. But who would give four? So your kids would bite your hand off if you gave them so one so fourth I, of a box. I think-
1: I think you just became transparent because I'm guessing you have the mac and cheese box in front of you right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I actually pulled it up online because it's so full of stuff that I figured it would be a good label to look at in this example.
1: Yeah, to look at. So here's the thing. So some of the portion sizes or the serving sizes that are listed on the container may not feel realistic to you, right? So again, that's knowing your own unique situation. But it is important for us to be mindful of how that portion size will change the calorie and the nutrient contents in the field, right? So we picked up our mac and cheese box. We're looking at the side label and we're learning about what the portion size is. But I will tell you the absolute most important thing for us to look at is the ingredients. What is in this product, right? And so you've heard me say before, if you're reading the ingredient label and you can't pronounce it, please don't eat it. (laughs) You know, If it says red dye number four, if it says yellow dye number three, we don't want that stuff in our body. That's an inflammatory type of food. And that's something that we really want to steer clear of. So when you read the product label, the ingredients are listed in order of predominance, right? So wherever you can find the food ingredients, they're listed in order of abundance. Like the most abundant in that food is going to be top and the least amount will be on the bottom. And the ingredients used in the greatest amounts are listed first, as I explained. So if you see sugar as that first ingredient, then you know this product is packed full of sugar before you even read all the sugar and added sugar grams on the label. You know that if the first ingredient is sugar or salt, that this is going to be a really, probably unhealthy food that we want to bring in. So definitely something that we wanna pay attention to for sure. It's so
0: funny. I'm looking at this box. I mean, I have nothing against craft in any way, shape, or form, but (laughs) there are so many things I can't pronounce in that list of labels. So there you go. That shows you right there. This can't be a hundred percent healthy and it's certainly very processed.
1: It's interesting because I'm going to tell you a little secret, right? So I'm letting you in on this secret. I have a really cool free app, phone app, that I can recommend that can help you with alternatives, right? So say you check out and you see that this macaroni and cheese that you're looking at is not the healthiest version. This app I'm going to tell you is going to say, hey, try this one. It's a little bit healthier. Are you ready for the name of the app?
0: This is so exciting. This is my cocktail party tidbit. When I go to these cocktail parties and I talk about our show, I always drop one of these little goodies that you give us. And I sound so smart. So I'm writing it down right now.
1: All right. Drum roll. It's called Foodicate. Food, F-O-O-D. U-C-A-T-E. It's like food and educate put together. It's called Fooducate. It's a app or a software that was written by registered dietitians, and it is truly like having a mini nutritionist in your pocket. And so say you were to scan the barcode on your... Craft macaroni and cheese that you just had, it will actually grade it just like you would get a grade in school. It'll grade it an A, B, C, or D. And if it's a D, it's going to tell you why, right? It'll say, oh, this is a D because it has ingredients that we can't recognize. It is highly processed and chemicalized. It has too much sugar. It has too much salt calories might be too steep for the portion size. Whatever it is that they come up with for that particular food, it will give you the sort of grade for that food, but then to the right of it, it'll say, hey, here's an alternative that gets a better grade. This one got a B or a C and not a D, right? So my kids going through school use this app. And I I used to tell them you get one D a day, (laughs) You can only have one D and it's a wonderful resource. Partially or mainly, I think it's such a good resource because it is very difficult to give everybody enough information about nutrition to have them hit the ground running and be successful at making independent decisions on their own. And what this app does is it's just like having a mini me in your pocket. I think that sounds probably pretty creepy. But just imagine a nutritionist in your pocket and it will break out what foods you want to avoid, what you don't want to, you know, what you don't want to consume for your body. And, hey, this is a better option. So keep that in mind because I find that to be an incredibly wonderful resource for anybody that's looking to understand reading labels, like what it is there. And actually that education is something that you can carry forward in your life where as you're learning from the app, eventually you won't need the app because you'll have learned some of the skills for reading labels that will be serve you through the rest of your life, which I think is really important.
0: I'm just curious, do you know if allergen statements are now mandatory on labels? Because I just saw one that says allergy information, and I'd never seen that before. Like sometimes you'll say, you'll see contains peanuts or contains gluten, but I didn't know if they were starting to make that
1: mandatory. So it's mandatory, but I think... It is depending upon the company size, which sounds kind of silly, but some of these really small companies might not have the same testing facilities. And so I believe most of them are now on board with making sure that we're listing out allergens and even added sugars. We had oh, I don't know how many years ago that the FDA changed the labels that the manufacturers had to include added sugars, right? So they used to take and combine all the sugars on a label, like they would say, this is the total sugars for this, say, mac and cheese. But we really didn't know what was actually added to it and what was naturally occurring. And so now, and we kind of dove into this a bit on our sugar podcast, but now we understand that these are how many Uh, grams of something that's been added to this particular food when it comes to sugar, because we now know that sugar is a incredible culprit when it comes to disease in all populations from young to old. And it's really quite a concern. So they felt that by putting the added sugars on the label, that this would help people with their decision processes.
0: So fascinating. We are becoming such educated consumers. But I also think back in the day, All this processed stuff wasn't in there. And just on another episode we did, there's a reason why sugar is in everything because it's addicting, right? Mm -hmm. So the more sugar they put in, we don't realize it. We're consuming that sugar. The more we're getting almost high from the product and then addicted to the product. And then we associate all these feelings of euphoria with the product. So of course, we're going to choose that one every time. It's so yeah. sneaky.
1: It's sneaky and they really get you hooked, right? Because it's, a, it's not just we talk about addiction, but it's changing brain chemistry. So for those people that come into my practice and they're like, I just can't stop eating this or I can't stop Behaving this way. It's because the brain chemistry has started to change and it's very difficult to kind of slip back to your normal behavior when you get really hooked on sugar.
0: That's a great episode for people. Wherever you listen to podcasts, go into the Beating Cancer Daily section and type in expert. And if you scroll through, you'll see Jackie's phenomenal episode on sugar. It's really something that you should hear.
1: These have been so much fun. And finding the best health for ourselves is a journey. I think some people see it as a destination. But as your body changes and goes through different phases as we age, our needs become different. And those needs are things we need to pay attention to to be able to find the best health solutions for ourselves. But let's go back to our label. So I know you're looking at your label, and we just said, okay, figure out the serving size so we can have an idea of our calories. Look at that ingredient list. That's the most important thing because we want to know what we're actually going to put in our body. But we do need to check the calories and those are right at the top. calories are really measuring how much energy is in the serving of food we're going to eat. And excess calories may cause weight gain, which I think we understand that. But when we're reading the label, please don't just stop at the calories. People that are concerned about their weight, they often just look at the calories and they're like, oh, this is fine. I can eat it. We want to finish reading the whole nutrition facts label to determine if the calories are going to be empty or nutrient dense, right? So when we eat those 340 calories, are they going to be serving my body and serving my health in a positive way, or are they going to be hurting me?
0: Oh, I never thought of it, you know, that dramatically. But I guess you're right. That's how you have to think of what you're ingesting. Was this pro you or is this like against you? Is this putting you health forward or is this digging you into a hole? And this is so important when you've been diagnosed and you're on all of these treatments, whether it's radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, surgeries, you have to build the best you possible.
1: You do. Yeah, Yeah.
0: this is so important.
1: I think... We want to build the best you, right? So we want to pay attention to the label. We want to be able to understand what we're putting in our body. But I do think that coming up with your own little slogan that you can say to yourself to help you fuel your body in the best way can help. So for example, you just said, is it pro you or against you? Will this food serve me well or will it hurt me? I also like the one, is this going to make me old or is this going to make me young?
0: Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one.
1: So once we get past the calories we wanna be really mindful of many other things on the nutrient label, right? So you'll see total fat listed. Too much saturated fat, and that is broken out in your on the nutrition label. Too much saturated fat is not good. Too much saturated fat is associated with chronic diseases. You need a little bit of saturated fat, but not normally more than 10% of your total daily calories. So we wanna pay attention to saturated fat, Hopefully no one is consuming any trans fats anymore. Those are the man-made fats that are really damaging to our overall health and well-being. And sodium, salt, right? We want to find out how much salt is in that food and even added sugars. And as I shared with you just a second ago, they have that sort of line item now on the label that says it includes this many grams of added sugar. Now I'm going to Stretch your brain a little bit, Saren, and ask you to see if you can remember how many grams of added sugar is equal to one teaspoon.
0: I just am such a non-sugar eater, but I remember it was staggering. It was absolutely staggering. Was it four
1: So four grams of added sugar is equal to one teaspoon. The recommendation by the American Heart Association is that we consume for women no more than six and for men no more than eight to nine. And the reason for that is because the added sugar can be an inflammatory to our body. The average Person should consume no more. I'm just going to say six for women, and it, then six teaspoons per day. But the average American consumes 20 to 30 teaspoons per day. This is, is
0: insane.
1: Yeah, it's I, really I, scary. I,
0: I am so grossed out by this whole concept. I can't believe I even remember that because I'm so impressed.
1: <laughs> I'm so impressed. But I think the big thing for us to remember is when we're reading that label it's giving us information, right? It's giving us information that we get to make a decision on. It could be that you read this label and it has eight grams of added sugar and it's got some saturated fat in it, but you're thinking I'm going to enjoy this and then for the rest of the day, I'm going to eat clean. So it really is something that you need to decide if it's a good fit for your life.
0: Can I just say something? I never realized that everybody <laughs> didn't look At a food label the way that I do. And I know that sounds so crazy, but I look for sodium because I have a kidney issue and Mm -hmm. I look for sugar. Like those are the two things I zero in on. And Mm -hmm. I would say I look at fat. I never look at carbohydrates because I'm married. My husband always says, What's the carbohydrates? How many carbohydrates? On every label he asked me to read because he needs readers. So I'm the label reader in the family. And it never dawned on me to even think about the carbohydrates. And then I was in the health food store and I was talking to the owner and I was like, what's the carbohydrates on that? Because my husband's obsessed with carbohydrates. And then she said something like, oh, but it's net something and
1: i was like oh i have to do like high level math here <laughs> What's the net is where they remove things like fiber and that gives you the net carbs but if we were to do i'm going to give you like a generally healthy recommendation for the macronutrients just to kind of think about so first Let's just talk about the recommendations for trans fats and saturated fats we want to make sure according and this is according to the dietary guidelines for Americans we want to make sure that it is less than ten percent of the total daily calories in our in what we're consuming each day and so we can replace those with unsaturated fats the guidelines also suggest that Americans should make added sugars be less than ten percent as well right so we know those are the those are kind of the I don't want to say Bad guys for the fat because fat does serve a healthy purpose. But overall, for sugar and saturated fats, we want to keep those less than 10%. But what about the question you just asked, like carbohydrates? When somebody asks you, what are the carbs? What are the proteins? I'm going to just give you some general guidelines. Now, This is for a average healthy person. So someone going through cancer treatment has different needs and demands. So again, please don't use these numbers as, oh, this is exactly what I need to eat. It's going to be different for you because sometimes your protein needs might be higher or maybe less. Same with the fat. But when we're reading the labels a general rule of thumb is that your carbohydrates should be between 50 and 100 grams per a day. That's for just a healthy, active person. If you're a super athlete, like you're doing endurance sports or burning a lot of calories each day, then you're probably gonna need more carbohydrates because carbohydrates really are those fuel, the fuel that you need for your muscles. When we when we think about fat, we don't wanna overdo fat. We wanna have a mixture of monounsaturated, polyunsaturated fats. Those are the anti-inflammatory kind of healing fats that you get from fish and olive oil and nuts and seeds. And then you can mix in some of the saturated fats a little bit here and there. But overall, you don't want to have more than 30 to 80 grams per a day of fat. And that depends on your body size along that lines. And then protein is an interesting one because Protein needs are often based on your body weight, and you can get a decent idea of what your minimal protein needs are, again, for an average healthy person, just by dividing your body weight by two. So if I weighed 140 pounds and I divided my weight by two, that would be 70 grams of protein per day. A, A general rule of thumb for protein could be anywhere from 20 to 30 grams of protein per a meal. So that would give you anywhere from 70 to, say, 100 grams. And so that's something that that would be really helpful. Now, I'm somebody that exercises a lot, so I'm usually on the 100 side of things, right? So that's something that that I think people need to kind of find the best solution for their needs. And that's one of the things I do in my practice is build Unique programs for people based on their needs. If they're in treatment for something, if they're training for an event, all of those come into play when you're making decisions on the best macronutrients for your situation.
0: Jackie, can you go back to the fat common again and just give an example of what's a saturated fat, what's a mono, what's a poly, just yes. so we have an idea?
1: Thanks. Yeah, sure. Saturated fat would be coconut oil. Butter, lard, even some of the fats that you get in certain meats, that would be saturated fat. Anything solid at room temperature is saturated. I always think that's pretty easy to figure out, right? If it's going to be hard and sticky outside the body, then it's going to be hard and sticky on the inside, and that can cause some more problems with heart and things like that. Polyunsaturated, monounsaturated are fats that you are gonna get in nuts and seeds. Like you can get them for omegas, right? Omega-3s are like a healing fat. Those are what you're going to get in your fatty fish, your salmon, your mackerel, your sardines. Those are going to give you some omega-3s, which again are just super wonderful for your body. Chia seeds, flax seeds, those are plant-based versions of some of those omegas. So the goal is to have a mix and a variety of different types of fats because they serve different purposes in your body. And these are called, and we could probably talk more into essential fats. We don't have enough time today, but that would be a really good conversation to have because essential fats are called essential fats because our body can't produce them and we need to consume them in our diet. And we're kind of not doing a great job. Our society, we're not getting enough of these essential fats in order to keep the inflammation low in our body, which is why many of us are facing a a very inflamed society, which we really don't want to have because that's where we start seeing lots of chronic diseases.
0: It's so funny because I always look for humor on a topic and I found it fascinating that the nutrition label is at the center of so much humor People are so clever. Online, they've taken the nutrition label that would be obvious for certain foods, and then they've rewritten them tongue-in-cheek with a lot of humor. So Mm -hmm. they're too visual for me to repeat them here. But if anybody wants a good laugh about this topic, I would say definitely just type in funny food labels or funny fake nutrition labels, and you'll get a lot of laughs from that.
1: Well, and the reason it's so funny is because it's so darn confusing. (laughs) It is just really like people look at it and it's like reading another language. So this has 330 milligrams of sodium in it. What does that mean for me? So, we want to look when we're looking at the label, we want to look at the percentage daily value. That's on the far right hand column of your nutrition label. It's got the little percentage next to it. And the percentage daily value is based on the daily value recommendation of key nutrients for a 2,000 calorie diet. I probably wouldn't need a 2,000 calorie diet, but my husband would need something over 2,000 calories, right? So, it's going to vary, but they base it on. Two thousand calorie diet. So, a five percent daily value is less, or a five percent daily value or less is a low amount per serving, and a twenty percent daily value or higher is an amount per serving that is high. Right. So, it really depends on what you're looking for in that particular food. So, if you're looking at food for wanting to make sure you get lots of fiber and it has less than 1%, then that's probably not going to serve you well as opposed to having something that's got the 20%. We want to look for a lower percent value for the nutrients you may want to limit, things like saturated fat or trans fats or sodium and even sugar. And we want to look for the higher percentage of the daily value for those nutrients that you want to consume in greater amounts. And that could be Fiber, vitamin D, potassium, or maybe if you have osteoporosis, even calcium or iron, right? So those are really important. I will share with you that most people in our country and even across the world do not consume enough fiber. The recommendation, the base recommendation by the dietary guidelines for Americans is 25 to 30 grams of dietary fiber, including both soluble and insoluble. But I, in my practice, recommend 35 to 40 or 45 because fiber, it does so many amazing things. It escorts toxins out of your body. It helps lower cholesterol. It keeps you full and satisfied so that you're not overeating. And it keeps your bowels regular, right? What's not to love about that? (laughs) So give us healthy fiber ideas. Sure. Oatmeal. Apples, blueberries, if you think of the healthy stuff, most likely it's gonna have fiber in it, right? Nuts and seeds, anything that's highly processed and chemicalized, they remove the fiber from it. Some will put it back in, but that doesn't always settle well with people's stomachs. They sometimes get upset stomachs if somebody's adding certain fibers back in. But the most healthier versions of fiber are things that you're gonna find in naturally occurring food things that you would find in your beans and your legumes, your fruits and your vegetables, your nuts and your seeds. Those are going to be great options for you. I grew up in
0: a society of television commercials that said you should have Metamucil and that you should eat cereal because cereal was going to give you your fiber, whether it was great nut flakes or whatever those things were, or brand flakes, That's how we should get fiber. Mm -hmm. Was that just great marketing?
1: It's great marketing. We are an instant gratification society. We are looking for the easy way out. I like to say I was the devil dog and Twinkie generation, right? Because that was, and there was like no fiber. That thing you eat, that thing, it stays in there for a long time.
0: (laughs) Oh, we were Tasty Cakes all the way from Philly. Tasty Cakes and Captain Crunch.
1: Right. They've already, always known the benefits of fiber. And so the reason people take supplemental fiber is they're not able to get it in their diet, right? And that's why the Metamucil and Fiber One bars and all of those came about because the buzzwords in the media, and you'll see the media's message changes based on what the latest and greatest health phase is. Fiber has always been an important Player when it comes to health. And I think they continue to discover all the benefits of fiber. Each year they come out with another, ooh, we've got to have fiber because it's associated with this disease or fiber because it's causing problems now. And we're even seeing a much younger population of people that, are having, that have colon cancer. And is it related to fiber? Now, some people might sit back and say, oh, maybe it's related to fiber because the motility of my gut wasn't working great. But wait a minute, fiber is the thing that feeds microbiome or bacteria. The bacteria balances my immune system. Oh, is the lack of fiber related to the motility of the bowels, or is it because I'm not feeding my bacteria in my colon because it's 25 feet away from my mouth? So they they don't really... They don't really know for sure. I mean, they know that fiber helps, but we know that fiber in general is a really good thing for us to kind of bring into our diet. I do think that label terminology should be its own class in school. (laughs) I think people need to be able to learn how to interpret reading a label and not just the numbers we just talked about, but those words that the front of the box claims, the that label terminology that has a certain meaning that might seem confusing. What does low calorie mean on the front of the box? Do you know?
0: I, I don't believe anything anymore when it says natural, healthy, right.
1: yeah, it's
0: all marketing.
1: It is. It is. So low calorie means that the food contains 40 calories or less per serving. And so people might not realize it, that when that manufacturer stamps something on the front of the label, it usually has a guideline of some sort. Now, not all of them, there are guidelines that are just way out there and people don't aren't really 100% sure what it means for them. But for a manufacturer to be able to say low calorie, it usually means 40 calories or less. Calorie-free would mean less than five calories per serving. And those would be like your sugar-free gums and things like that you see. But when you buy a salad dressing and it says light on it, what does that mean? Do you know? Probably less sugar or less oil. Yeah, it it could mean either or, but basically, in the manufacturer terms, it means that one third, it has one third fewer calories than the regular version of that product. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's specific. Just get get out the calculator (laughs) and try to figure out what it actually means, right? And if you look on the outside of the box and it says fresh, right? The food's fresh. It means it's usually unprocessed, uncooked, unfrozen. Those would be things like your fresh squeezed orange juice, something like that. Someone's thinking, does that light word, is that how I should look at my
0: beer? Is that what it means on my beer label?
1: (laughs) I mean, alcohol is often their labels are a little different than, than, than our food, but the light would mean more calories than it would be the amount of alcohol. But often with Less calories would mean that it would have less alcohol actually in it, but I'm not sure if that's a formula we can use across all alcoholic beverages. When you look at, say, lean ground beef, right? So lean usually means that it's fewer than 10 grams of fat, 4 grams of saturated fat, and even cholesterol, 95 milligrams of cholesterol per serving. Extra lean would mean that the food has less than 2 grams of saturated fat and less than 5 grams of total fat. So you can learn that FUJICATE app that I was telling you about is a really good resource for demystifying some of these label terms. I think when we're looking at fueling our body, we want to understand labels that are say things like this is a good source of something so a good source means that the serving has to have 10 to 19 percent of the daily recommended value in a particular nutrient say like vitamin e or a or calcium any of those i never um, knew
0: that that is so cool i never ever it is
1: that. i'm telling you sarin it is like a, you need a degree in this stuff to understand it because it is, confusing and it does change a lot of times it will change based on the development of new information just like when they added the the part about this is a certain percentage of added sugars on the label right it really we
0: don't need a degree in it you need a degree in it which you have and then you just have to come here and give us the like cliff notes version (laughs) which you do so well
1: but i love being here but i also believe that it's absolutely wonderful if we could provide a resource for you, a resource that you can take and hit the ground running with. Because this information that we're sharing, we're just getting the conversation started, Saren. But I think if people really want to impact their health in a positive way, they will start learning about what is in the food that they're consuming. I mean, being an informed consumer is really where it's at. I think if you and I were to say, okay, give me like a few quick steps when I look at the label, can I kind of just go through these real quick and just sort of, when you look at the label, you want to look at the food is it real food can you recognize it look at that ingredient list right and if it has two ingredients great if it has i like to shoot for less than 10 ingredients we were talking about that prior to the podcast starting right so even less than 10 is is better if you're looking at, and if you're looking at an ingredient list that takes up half the size of the box and you can't pronounce it i think we probably want to put it away right and not put it in our body
0: are there like four no-nos, like you never want to eat something that has this and this in it. Are there a few ingredients that we wouldn't even know what they meant, but those would be bad ingredients to eat?
1: Yeah, there are toxic things that, that people put in food. And it's shocking to me that they can actually allow certain things. But if we're looking at just regular food so if you again if you can't pronounce it then i would avoid it Steer clear of it there are you always want to look at and again i'm not going to go through all the toxins that are in the food like that there's pesticides and things like that we can definitely talk about but sometimes food is is packaged a certain way where there's bpa and plastic and that's not the conversation we're having today we're just looking at the label and what should we avoid On average, a person should have no more, a healthy person should have no more than 2,300 milligrams of sodium per day. And if you're dealing with blood pressure issues, other swelling, edema, things like that, then you're probably looking at a lower amount, right, by even 1,500 going that low. So if you're eating a can of soup and it's got 1,000 milligrams of sodium in just one can of soup, that would be a no-no, right? So you'd look at it and say, oh, I'm going to have salt somewhere else and I'd be well over the recommended amount. Also, when you're looking at that ingredient list, you want to look for the highest quality ingredients. I mean, you deserve to put the best stuff in your body. And so really looking at what is in that product. And even if it's got a low amount of added sugar and you see coconut sugar, that's probably a little bit of a better option than regular refined sugar, but it's going to have a impact on your blood sugar balance. And that's an important piece. It's something that we definitely need to think about when we're looking at the labels. So Just look for real food. That's my biggest recommendation, right? Make sure you can pronounce it. I would say those are the important things that we want to look for on the label.
0: There was a joke online about hot sauce, and it was on the back of a hot sauce label. And it said, hot sauce really doesn't have nutritional value. It's vinegar and peppers, for God's sake. What did you expect? Why are you even trying to determine the nutritional value of hot sauce? Just enjoy it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. i'll tell you like i love real food and if i try to i don't eat fake food unless i was absolutely stuck but in a situation in a pinch if i had to it doesn't even taste good to me It's it doesn't even taste like it's something that i would want to put in my body so i think when we approach our labels we want to approach them in a way that how is this food going to serve me? Is it going to serve me? Well, if you do not know what a food means or what, when you're reading an ingredient, Google it. And that FujiKate app will tell you this has an ingredient in it that has been connected to cancer. This has an ingredient in it that's been connected to heart disease. It will tell you in the app. It's so cool. Actually, Seren, I think we should just ask people to write you to say that they tried it if they want to try it and see how it works for their life. It's a really cool app to check out. It's in the iPhone and the Android app stores too. It's free.
0: I think I can't wait to try it. I'll just tell you that <laughs> much. But I'm like looking at a label and it says try polyphosphate. I have no idea what that means. And then like dex. What is this? I'm just looking at things that I've never even heard about
1: the tripolyphosphate would probably be a preservative that they use, and then the, if you're looking at dext, it's probably like a if it's got an o s e at the end, it's probably a sugar, so mm-hmm. it really it you can learn it's like learning it, for medicine we we have root roots of the word that we can learn, and then we can figure out what part of the body it belongs to. Pado belongs to the liver, pulmonary belongs to the lungs, cardio belongs to the heart. You can do the same thing with the labels. But again, having that resource like Cake can be something that will be really helpful for you when you're determining what the quality of the food that you're eating is.
0: I don't know what ingredient I'm seeing says oleoresin. And I, don't, I have no idea what that is, but I think resin is like something you put on, isn't it like something you put on a wood? to preserve it.
1: it. So it just doesn't sound good. It just doesn't sound good. No, I'm scared of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Lord. Jackie, thank you so much. This was just so informative. I listen back to these recordings before they go out to the universe. And then I listen to them once they're posted. And then I usually listen again because you provide so much information. I just want to really learn it. Well, sometimes you ask me about prior episodes like today, and I'm like, oh my goodness, I better know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but really, sometimes listeners ask me about certain episodes. So I like to really be familiar. But this one was just so packed with information. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Sarah. And this has been amazing. So much fun being with you. Definitely
0: do what Jackie said. If you try this, we would love to know. And you can communicate with us two ways so easily. You can go to the Comedy Cures website and hit the contact menu and then just write to us. Or even more fun, you could go to the podcast section and record a message to us, and we love hearing from you. If you want to get in touch with Jackie Bryan and you can't find her online, she has an amazing website, just email us or go to the website and let me know, and we'll send you Jackie's signature so you can get in touch with her and see her amazing information that she just gives away for free on her website or join her membership. It is such a pleasure. I love learning alongside with you. So have a blessed day and I'll see you tomorrow. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then I'd love to ask for you to go to comedycures.org and check out our membership circle levels. You will find even more resources and more programming like our live virtual Q&A sessions with me, our live Comedy Cures events with our very talented comedians, live health builder workshops with Jackie Bryan hosted by me, a robust monthly newsletter, plus much more. It's really an exciting community So please consider becoming a member, giving it as a gift, telling your friends, telling your hospital support group all about this community. I can't think of a more empowering way to go through a cancer journey or your survivorship or your caregiving experience than with us at Beating Cancer Daily. It's truly an honor to serve you. Thanks so much.